Hey, and welcome to the Harry Man Show, episode 70. Today we actually have two guests, two badass musicians. We have Mark Gray and Nathaniel Cates from Apocalypse Pony. Mark is also in a band called Dead World Reclamation, and the two of them are actually playing a big show tomorrow at Revival Fest. And where is that again, guys? The Nile. The Nile, which is going to be badass. Mark is a hell of a shredding drummer. He's got some insane blast beats and shredding. We we'll talk a little bit about his technique today, and Nate, he's all right. I mean, we'll we'll talk a little bit about him too. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> what's up, guys? Not much, man. Not much. Well, I'm hanging out, sitting in my drum set, actually. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I was kind of geeking out in your videos today too, and then kind of makes me want to break out my double bass pedal and start kind of working on my chops as well. <laughs> kind of been retired yeah, recently. A, um, it's a never-ending struggle. So, yeah, I want to talk about, uh, Mark, what's your current project uh, with Dead World? Uh, we just, with Dead World, we just dropped, uh, well, I guess not just dropped, but in April, we dropped our second full length called Aura of Iniquity. Nice. And uh, honestly done really well. Like, last year, we only had maybe like 6,000 plays on Spotify, and this year we broke 104,000. Well, that's pretty so, nice. and that's just on Spotify. But like our merch, like I do all the merch for our band. That shit just nonstop all the time. It seems like I'm shipping stuff out. But uh, been a good response so far. And we're working on another album, but it's slow. Um, we've only played one show. We did our CD release show, and we're kind of there's a few shows coming up next year. Um, some cool openers for some big tour packages. But until then, we're pretty much just working on album three already. Nice. I just want to know I was at the CD release show and it was fucking awesome. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> it was fucking amazing. So, how long have you guys been a band? Uh, we formed in late, uh, I guess, yeah, it was like late 2017. Mm-hmm. It was originally just me and Andre. Um, when I was in a band called Apparitions, when our vocalist, Griffin Kalinsky, passed away, oh, sorry to hear I was that. like, yeah, okay, thank you, though. But uh, it seems like everyone was like really cautious about approaching me to be in a project after that. Uh-huh. Like everyone was like, Oh no, no, we don't want to, he's gone through too much. It seems like every time I would try and mention jamming with someone, they were just like, nah, like, Oh we, no, we get it. You need time. And I was just like, I mean, yeah, I'm sad, but like, I really want to jam. Yeah. I guess me and then, only uh, at that point. Yeah, exactly. And then Andre hit me up and I, I'd known him. We'd played shows with him and, uh, in, uh, when I was in Apparitions, and so he sent me some material and was like, I want to start a new band. He had a full album written already, like literally top to bottom. And I was like, all right. And I put my own drums on it, and he's like, yeah. And I was like, all right, let's fucking do this. <laughs> oh, awesome. And are you are you guys like, kind of doing your own recording at home, or are you kind of going to the studio for it? Uh, no, we always do studio stuff. Um, I did do, I went to the conservatory. Can't say I retained a lot of that knowledge well on recording stuff. It's way more difficult than I thought it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it's uh, complicated, but we, for everything Deadwolf's done, uh, we've actually gone exclusively for the time being through Jeremy Davis at Metasonic Studios. Oh, nice. Now, I, 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 yeah, I, I, I want to kind of talk into uh, the show tomorrow uh, before we move on, but. You guys yeah. are both, you're playing with both bands so that tomorrow, correct? Tonight at the Nile? I mean, tomorrow night at the Nile? Uh, I'm playing Pony, but Nate's doing double duty in his other band. Oh, gotcha. Um, so are you guys doing some of the older stuff or the newer stuff for this set? Uh, honestly, a mix. We have, for Pony, we got a couple off of our original EP that everyone's heard. 
Um, and then our new single that we put out last year that I feel like a lot of people have heard. And then we have, I think it's two or three new ones that no one's heard, but we've been playing them live for a little bit now. Nice, nice. And then, Nate, what would be the best place to pick up tickets for this show or some upcoming shows with you guys? Um, I mean, so we do I mean, we do have a ticket link that you can actually go and purchase tickets on. Um, and that's usually the best place to go and get tickets. Really, the bands have been doing physical stuff, but um, a lot of the, a lot of people are starting to run out of physical stuff. And it's just a lot easier to buy stuff online. So nice. all you've really been getting in that way by, you know, just shooting the ticket link around. It's kind of people buy their tickets right then and there. So that's that's... That's what I would say the best place would be. I mean, you can buy them online too from the actual events, but uh, I mean, obviously, it, it helps out when people support the band. So. Nice. Yeah. Funny. Funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Mark, I kind of want to dive into your origin story. What, how did it all start for you? When did you pick up the sticks? Uh, I mean, I guess when I was like really young, I dabbled with just, you know, hitting shit with sticks, but I got my first drum set at 12. Uh-huh. Uh, didn't really listen to metal at that time. I was mostly into like Bryce and punk. I liked a lot of like Choking Victim and Rise Against and a lot of punk like MXPX and shit. Yeah. Now, were you born into a musician's family or were you the first of it? Oh uh, man, kind of weird. My mom was a piano teacher and classically trained, and I did learn a little bit of piano, mm-hmm. but none of them like. To this day, I don't think my parents have ever actually listened to real music. I've never <laughs> seen them. I've never seen a CD in their house. Not even I've never Beatles? seen anything. No, nothing, man. Like, not a single CD. They don't play anything when it's in the car. Talk radio. That's it. Oh, wow. That's weird. <laughs> so it was weird. When I was, like, 12, I was like, I want a drum set. And they were just like, okay. And I was just like, you let me pick the loudest instrument? Like, all right, cool. <laughs> oh, wow. That's, well, that's pretty cool, though. I mean, they're pretty open to it. Yeah, I mean, I think they, they did kind of regret it after a while. They went from inside the house to in the garage. <laughs> now, with that, with the, those kind of bands you're listening to, did that kind of influence you kind of pick up the chops right away, with, you know, listening to punk drummers? Who was, like, your big influence yeah. for punk? Yeah, because they're obviously, like, punk, you have to have chops for sure because you got to do those quick fills and stuff like that. Uh-huh. So I, was, I was trying that, and I think it was actually uh, Choking Victim and Leftover Track. They're basically the same band, but it was one of the first times I'd heard double bass because they have a few parts where it's just like dig it, dig it, dig it. And I was just like, is he doing that with one foot? I was like, that's so fast. Yeah. And then I realized, like, there's double pedals. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you start out double pedal or did you play single pedal for a while? For a while, yeah. Probably like until I was 14. And then I got a, my first one was a Pearl Eliminator double bass pedal. Oh, nice. So uh, were your parents kind of pushing lessons on you or that were you kind of self taught most of your teenage years? Uh, no, yeah, they actually did get me lessons. I took lessons from a local drum teacher. Pretty cool. He would come to my house and basically set up like on my left side, and he would bring his own snare and a little kick pad, and then he would play off of my hi-hat. Wow. Um, he, he definitely taught me a lot. It was probably around late high school when it got to the point when I was like, I was already into metal, but I was really like, I need someone to teach me double bass and blast beats, and you don't know what that is, and I love you. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I love you, but this isn't going to work anymore. <laughs> so who was the metal drummer for you that kind of just hit the switch for you? Yeah, uh, definitely Joey Jordison, dude. I, nice. I mean, I don't want to get too long into it, but sixth grade, in the nurse's office, goth girl sitting across from me. We're both going homesick. <laughs> goth girl leaves her CD book, and I'm like, all right, let me check it out. 
first thing I see is Slipknot, Chimera, Lamb of God. I'd never heard of any of those bands, and I was like, all right, I'm going to take the CD book. Yeah. <laughs> Which is wrong. Don't, you don't steal, but I was young kid, so I did it. Yeah. <laughs> and I put in Slipknot, and I, that song Sick came on, and I was just like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, yeah. I think that was before you were <laughs> triggering, too, right? Yeah, man, I don't think he really triggered until the very end. Like, or, well, I mean, I guess probably around volume three or so. But the first couple of records, it was, it was just all fucking organic, pure power. Yeah. Yeah, I have to say Joey was a big one for me, too. I mean, yeah, he definitely influenced that kind of, like, athletic kind of sportsman speed to it, I guess you can call it. Yeah, and, like, dude, and you like, see the dude's build. I mean, the dude is, like, 5'4", like, probably 140 pounds, and the dude is so fast. Yeah. So, uh, as you, your child's built, were there any kind of routines you kind of went through or any albums you would play through constantly to kind of keep up your foot speed? Uh, I mean, yeah, definitely Iowa. I would definitely jam Iowa. And then probably my second biggest influence that got me, like, trying to learn double bass was uh, Andals from Chimera. Mm-hmm. He had just, like, really dominant, like, just, he would just, you know, they would do riffs or he just grooves straight double bass, like, for, you know, 20 measures straight. And I was just like, Jesus Christ, how does somebody do that? Now, uh, we'll talk about gear, but did, were you always kind of playing a single ba- uh, bass drum? Did you ever kind of uh, evolve into playing two, or you always stuck with one? Uh, always one, man. I've tried two, like never bought in two, but I've tried two a few times, and it's too far apart. Like, I don't know how people do it. Yeah, you lose Like, I've tried hat. bringing even the kicks, like, really, yeah, exactly, the hi-hat. You can get those things to, like, hold your hi-hat on your bass drum, but it's just, it's just not enough. It's too far away. So, why don't you guys tell me about the project you're currently both in, Apocalypse Pony, and how you guys met and how it came about, Nate? So, I'm kind of the new guy in the band. Um, I'm just, I, I just, I replaced their most recent guitar player that had, uh, had quit. I'd seen, I saw, so I'd, I'd heard about Pony quite a bit, and then um, I also saw, I saw Pony play live at the Rebel Lounge when they did that Upsulfer show. Mm-hmm. And um, you know that was that was kind of like the, the groundbreak. I was like, "Holy shit, these guys are fucking awesome!" You know what I mean? Because it's very heavy, very but like it's heavy, but it's like also fast. It's got a lot of death metal influences, a lot of black metal influences, which is you know kind of where my heart lies. To be honest, you know I, I love stuff like that. I love the fast stuff. I love the aggressive stuff. And um, you know I just hit them up, and you know things kind of fell into place. Myself and Mark became became pretty uh, good friends too, pretty quickly because of some. There was some mutual interest in like some a couple bands that you know, like nobody around here really knew about, you know. And uh, that's like you know, so yeah, it's like it played out pretty yeah. good. It's fun jam with these guys. Yeah, and I, have you guys been part of the songwriting process, or are you guys all just kind of going uh, existing material at this point? Uh, it's learning the songs for now, and then just just I mean, like I said, it's still trying to see. We're gonna play our first show um, as a band tomorrow. See how things go, you know. I've, I mean, uh, Dane's the big writer. He, he's the one that comes up with a lot of the riffs and stuff like that. And um, you know, I came up with a couple of riffs that I was going to throw their way, but I already thrown their way. And you know, just see how, just kind of feel things out, see how it unfolds. Nice, nice. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to see how that goes. Um, so yeah, I kind of want to jump into gear with you, uh, Mark. Um, what kind of what kind of set are you currently playing? Uh, a Pearl Masters Maple Complete oh, nice. and matte black. I got, dude, it was brand new, so I got it for 900 bucks, brand new. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. What size, yeah. what size are you playing? Uh, I mean, I always like uh, 22 by 18 on the kick, and then I do a 10, 12 rack tom and a 16-inch floor tom. Nice. And uh, do you find, what kind of heads are you currently using on that guy? 
uh, Attack is actually kind of a newer company. They've been around for a few years, but okay. they're smaller, and uh, it's like I remember Terry Bosch was a big, call- a big endorser for him quite a while there. That's right. That's right. Yeah, but like, dude, I don't know. I randomly, I was always a Remo guy. Uh-huh. And then I tried these on a whim because I saw some metal drummers trying them. And like, dude, these things have the lowest, just fat tight end, and they just they tune so well and hold tuning. And like, so far, I love them. Mm-hmm. So I, I heard recently you did a cymbal shootout with uh, Ryan Johnson. How did that go? Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, I did uh, for Nate's other band, Condemned Till Dawn. I did a single for them for on drums. And like, I was talking to Ryan because I've always wanted to track with Ryan. I've known him for a little bit. And I've been trying to like work something out to do something with him. So I was like, all right, yeah, let's go in there. And immediately I was like, I know it's one song, but can I bring all 40 of my cymbals? <laughs> and he was just like, <laughs> he's like, yeah. He's yeah. like, I would love to do that. And I was like, I got so excited. I was like, I totally thought you were going to say no. I was like, fuck yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so what, what what did you land on? Can you, did you land into like a similar set or was it kind of all over the place as far as choice? Um, it it kind of was, but it mostly like the China's ended up being Fabian HHX, the new complex line that they have. Mm-hmm. I picked up some of those. I've always been a Fabian guy. And then uh, in the last like, two years, I found one of those Chinese symbol brands called Sentent. Yeah. Bro, you think like low quality for some of those like cheap brands. Holy shit, these are the nicest symbols I've ever played. Yeah. I can't sound. It's funny you say it because I've been watching your drum, through, uh, your drum playthroughs and you're playing like a, I think it's an ABH line and they sound really good man like they cut through everything like really well yeah man i was blown away because like they're all all their symbols they make are b20 and you can get like a 19 inch crash 115 bucks it's like what where do they sell those (laughs) so they're manufactured in china at like an actual like a cast molding like they do the cast molds and then they hammer them out and like press them in the presses and stuff Uh um but there's like a u.s rep you go through and then you tell them what you want, you pay half, and then it takes, because they're all custom made, so it takes two to three months, and then when it's ready to ship, you pay the last half, and then they ship it to you. Oh, wow, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, but you can do like, anything. Do, <laughs> you can just be like, I want two holes cut in it, right next to each other, and do this to it, and they're like, okay. Now, I noticed you kind of played more of a condensed setup. Uh, did you kind of go through a Neil Pert phase at all with the you know the giant million symbols at any point? Or did you kind of always- yeah no I mean uh, I I feel like I kind of grew into I've used lately more than I've ever used I mean I feel like I used to always use ride hat two crashes one flash and one china and then over the last couple of years I need usually at least I need two chinas one on each side and I love flashes I have like fifteen different flashes and I like to run like three or four of them at a time nice. Now, I and I got that. I got that from uh, Chris Adler because that motherfucker is a flash master. Yeah, because when they were, what was the band <laughs> before? Uh, yeah, the, he was big on that. Um, yeah, he always had like four or five in front of him, and he had the stacks. And yeah, that's another thing. The whole other world was the stacks too. That's another way to kind of get lost in it. Uh, the stacks don't make sense to me. That's like, it just sounds like I don't know. So when I hear people do them, uh-huh. I'm like, oh, it actually kind of sounds. Uh, that actually kind of sounds good. And then, like, I try it, and I can never get, like, it just sounds like a broken symbol, and I'm like, all right. <laughs> now, I know you said you came up with uh, Pearl Eliminators, but what are you currently playing for pedals? Uh, I just, like, a, maybe six months ago now, I got those Polish uh, Zarsky Kopitos, is what they're called. Really? Nice. Really 
I, I, I think I'm saying that right, but I don't know. I don't speak Polish. And who manufactures them? Uh, the company's called Zarski Kopito. Oh, well, I never heard of those, to be honest with you. Yeah, the drummer of Behemoth uses them, and now lots and lots of drummers use them. Like Krim, uh, he used to be in Decapitated. He's a big endorser of them. Nice. Um, but yeah, they honestly like blew me away. I did want to get those ACDs that you see everybody talking about now, uh-huh. but those are a nine month wait. And these other pedals I got took like a month. Now, are these direct drive or chain drive? Yeah, direct drive. They're the heaviest pedals I've ever played, uh-huh. but the most responsive and fast pedals I've ever played at the same time. And what kind of balance are you running on them? Uh, I do probably like three-fourths of the way on my spring tension oh. and then my footboards aren't all the way down because i do do doubles but my footboards are probably like i don't know a quarter of the way from being all the way down nice now you play wooden mounts or felt mounts on them uh plastic actually i like plastic nice yeah the wood ones hit <laughs> really hard um yeah, they just i like wood that what a good response that they eat through heads oh yeah you'll lose heads when within a matter of a month pretty costly yeah so uh I, I don't mean to change gears on you but in your history of playing were there any like gigs or t- uh touring that kind of stood out to you that you never forget no uh, i mean it's not like i don't know it's always a tough one because i know it's when a- my book with griff passed away in apparitions we had the memorial show for him mm-hmm. we sold out the nile and they technically only hold, only hold 900 and we put about 1200 people in there oh wow Wow. Like, that's the most I've ever played to, so that was like always a big memorable moment. But there's a, uh, I mean, I don't know, it's tough. I'll be honest. I used to get, you know, I mean, if you've ever toured, a lot of partying. I don't remember a ton of like specific <laughs> moments. I just feel like remember touring is awesome. It's just uh, it's, it's tolling on you for sure. Well, I mean, was there any venues that kind of blew you away? You weren't assuming they were going to be that nice, you know? I mean, because that's happened to me a couple times. Yeah, actually, that one that a lot of people played, I think I think it's still there, too, like, called the Dirty Dogs in Austin. <laughs> I played there. That place is awesome. Yeah. yeah like, I, it's like, it's a fucking name. Like, you make it sound like it's going to be a dive bar, and I walked in, I'm like, this is a legit venue. I was like, wow, this is, like, really nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah, the place was, uh, the Dirty Dog Bar, that place shut down. When I heard about that, I was really bummed out, because I had a lot of fun there. That place was, I mean, I'm, I'm going to side with Mark on this and say that I don't remember most of it, because I, yeah. <laughs> But uh, it was, from what I remember, that place was really, really cool. Nate, doesn't it have, if I remember right, isn't that the place that has the pictures of like, just a bunch of girls' tits on the walls and shit? They just had like, <laughs> yeah. pol- they just had, like Polaroids like, just lining, and I was like, what the fuck? Like, why is this here? <laughs> go in the bathroom, and like, the, I don't know if, there's, uh, if it was like that when you went there, but when I went there, you go into the men's, and the urinal is like a cutout beer keg, basically, like around the outside of something. And I was like, dude, that's awesome. Oh my god! <laughs> no, I don't remember that, but that's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, that, that sounds like a badass place. Um, so you know, as you toured, I mean, is there any up and coming metal drummers you've seen that you think you're going to kind of break out? Even on YouTube, you kind of been watching. Bro, have you have you guys? Seen, I don't know his name because he's Russian, but have you seen that twelve year old that covers all the best drummers in death metal, and he can play that like that kid is better than me. I've been playing for twenty years. This kid's twelve, and he, just, and he can play songs that I can't even touch. Really? I gotta check that out. Dude, I'll, I'll have to link you to it, but like, he covers Despised Icon, he covers Archspire, and he can Holy do, and he can do those gravities. Like, he can go, dig, 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 with one hand, and I was like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Like, nice. 
yeah, I'll definitely check that out. And uh, if I were going to ask you what your best recording is, where, where would I be able to find it of yourself playing? Oh, man. I'd have to say, I mean, even though I love all, all the band stuff I've done, Dead World's last album, probably, nice. I feel the most proud of because I really put a lot of time into writing those tracks and we worked on it for like over a year. Yeah, that's a really good CD. By a uh, funny story, I was I was uh, I was uh, driving I was driving with uh, one of my family members somewhere, and uh, I was actually playing that CD in my car. And one of the songs has like an acoustic intro into it, and um, um, uh, she was listening to it, and she was just like, "Holy crap! Like this is really really pretty." And then it like kicked into like the death metal, and just kind of she was shocked. She couldn't listen to metal at all, and I mean like it's it's the devil to her. You know what I mean? And she heard, and she was just like, "You can have like." stuff like that and have acoustic guitars in it and i'm like yeah it's metal you do whatever you want <laughs> yeah you can do anything yeah yeah that would be that's one of my favorite songs so that one's called those born of suffering and that's off that newest record and it's that one that one's awesome so obviously you can find you guys on spotify but do you guys have a youtube channel as well yeah yeah it's just dead world reclamation official and i think same with pony i'm pretty sure ponies is a pop up pony official Okay. Yeah. We both we both try and upload stuff there because I mean you don't make, I mean obviously Spotify is the way to go but you don't make money off that but you can kind of make a little bit of money off of other avenues. Yeah, absolutely. And not to like go way out of left field for you, but you just uh, you just saw Spider Man. How was that? Dude, amazing. <laughs> not, to get, not to get into spoilers. Ten, ten out of fucking ten. <laughs> really, really rated in all three different Spider Mans, or you think like of all of them, you think this is the best Spider Man movie? Yeah, I mean, dude, a lot of people hated the Andrew Garfield ones. I actually really liked those two. I do. I thought he I was the too. best phys- physical-looking Spider-Man, you know, when he was... I know yeah, CGI. I thought he, he played the role really well, I thought, too. Like, he he just played that, like, teenage Peter Parker really well, where, like, the original Tobey Maguire one, he was already kind of a little older. Yeah. He didn't really play into that younger kid role. Yeah. But... I do say Tom. I feel like Tom Holland now because he's had the most screen time with it. He's probably the best at it overall. Yeah, the movie is just great. Like Tom did such a fucking good job. And obviously, you don't want to say spoils, but do you think they're they're kind of assembling the new Avengers at all with these TV shows and kind of aligning? I don't know, man. Yeah, they might. Like it seems like they might either do a new Avengers or because you know they're doing the new Hawkeye torch is getting passed and. And I don't want to spoil that, all that at all. Shit. But the recent episode. A certain bad guy showed up, and I think it's all going to play into it pretty well, and I'm pretty excited about it. Ah, dude, I'm actually, I, I've watched up to episode three, and i got to catch up on that. It, you'll, you'll be happy when you see it. It's pretty badass. Hell yeah. <laughs> right, well, well, Mark, it was a, it was a great to have you on, and, as well as Nate. Um, I, I, you know, I, I think you guys are going to have a hell of a show tomorrow, and um, yeah, I'm really excited to see where Apocalypse Pony goes and see what, what's in the future for you guys. As you were saying, the best place to check you guys out is Spotify and YouTube. Um, I just want to say thanks, Marks and Nate, for coming on and talking about it with me tonight. Dude, of course, man. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and once you guys kind of get your first EP or album, we'll have you back, uh, the whole band back on, and we'll talk more about it. Yeah, we are working on one. So we got, I think we're going to do a full length for Pony. So be ready for some crazy brutalness. All right. Well, once again, thanks, guys.